0: So now I'm I'm concerned about my my cucumbers outside. These are these are the things that concern my life. You know, it's good. It's good. Slugs, cucumbers, <laughs> and pilgrims walking up My, you know, I can see them. They've started. Uh, they've changed the course of the uh, of the Camino here.
1: Oh really? And,
0: uh, yeah. So you can walk two different ways, and there's a lot of pilgrims who stay after they finish their mm-hmm. pilgrimage in Santiago. They they stay. There's a couple of nice hotels. And you can always tell the, the the pilgrims who stay at these nice hotels because they usually look like they have a little bit nicer equipment. And um, anyway, they they walk right past my house to, to get to the trail. They pick it up here because they've stayed outside of town. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, be that as it may, that's that's what it is. So uh, I hear you might be headed towards, uh, towards yeah, this part of the world.
1: I know. I need to get my act together. I, I bought tickets and everything. And I'm coming up like in June too, so I'll be up there. That's great a bunch, uh, we'll have to go get a beverage with the, uh, well, and also you need to meet some, one of my, my, my friend is pastor at first prez Amarillo. So.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. If he's, if he's from Amarillo, we should do a steak eating contest. Yeah. I've been taking
1: me to, um, the big the, Texan
0: before the big uh, Texan. I mean, have, have you ever there. tried the 72 ounce big Texan? No,
1: I'm not that brave. Um, although he's from Midland. So just to be, you know, the great, the great city of Midland.
0: The great city of Midland. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Now, now that now that uh, we've gotten into Texas, uh, let's get out of Texas and let's get over to uh, Atlanta. We have a guest with us today, uh, fellow crew staff guy. Josh Irby is with us um, who is on staff with Crew City, uh, doing global mission stuff with them. And uh, we were kind of going back and forth on some workplace chats and uh, Josh, you and a fellow crew staff member have started a podcast called Mission Shift, uh, which eager to talk about because you guys are finding out some really cool new things about as you as you think about the future of missions. Uh but you are a fellow European missionary yeah. of of long standing Uh why don't you uh you are currently though in, in Georgia, is that right?
2: That's right. Yeah, I'm Atlanta, Georgia. Good to be with you guys, by the way.
0: Good to have you, man. I Josh, I think we have seen each other at various conferences and mm-hmm. meetings uh maybe even uh fought over a last french fry in a buffet line before uh, <laughs> yeah. this, this will probably be the the <laughs> the longest and most significant interaction we've had other than the french fries that's, right. so no, that's right But we 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 talk about the hold. french fries yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i i still hold that against you so um. <laughs> This or is five, this uh, a way of making up for that. that, uh, that, 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 that incident. That's
0: right. That's right. You, you and your wife were in uh, overseas for a, a good long while. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, actually uh, right after college, I, I uh, moved uh, over to Croatia for two years. And that's kind of my first dip into international missions and first experience in the Balkans. And I fell in love with, with Europe. I fell in love with the people, with the places and with just the, the activity of drinking coffee and talking about spiritual <laughs> yeah. things. I think I, I still um, I still make sure that I have an Italian espresso uh, near to me at all times. There's one You're just purist. in the other room over here. I have one at work. I have an espresso machine at work. One at one at home just because I, I have to survive, you know. But uh, I went back to the states and, and worked with crew in Atlanta for a while, but stayed connected through partnership with. Uh, Croatia and Bosnia. And then finally, I uh, just recruited myself and my family, my wife, Taylor, and at our time, our two kids. And we uh, moved to Sarajevo in 2009. And that that was an amazing experience, amazing adventure. Met some friends that you know, I'll be friends with the rest of my life and, and, and are still in communication with. And uh, we lived there now with five kids, just moved back to the States at the beginning of the pandemic. Which was a bit traumatic. Another another conversation to talk about. But overall, I mean, I, to me, Europe, the Balkans, um, I carry that with me. I kind of feel I'm at least half European now, uh, and my kids are way more than that.
3: Yeah,
1: And
2: and, um, and so even my youngest um, uh, is five years old, and we adopted him from Bulgaria while we we're over there. So we literally have Europe in our. In our house and and we don't go a day without thinking about it yeah.
1: what what is your your favorite thing about sarajevo if someone if someone's getting ready to get on a plane what would you recommend that they have to do or see or eat or, or, or whatever
2: well i mean the people would be my my number mm-hmm. one I mean, the first time i went to sarajevo was a i think it was winter winter 2000 or something like that or it was winter 1999 Oh wow. And we just walked onto the college campus, I and mean, this is only a few years after the war.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Asked people, do you do you speak English? Next thing you know, we, we spent four hours at coffee with these two guys, you know, that are showing us the town. It's just that classic hospitality of mm-hmm. the Balkans, which is amazing. So if you can find yourself at coffee with some Bosnians or over a meal, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as uh the food goes, uh, they have this um kind of a stuffed filo dough called called pita that that i just they have stuff with cheese and vegetables Mm, and for meat or whatever i love that and then they're most famous for their chavapchi, the -hmm. chavapi, which is these little roll rolls of meat uh, which are all over the balkans which is great but yeah and then what to do we go downtown sarajevo just experience the different eras of the city uh, and just breathe in the history i think if you're if you're someone who likes simplicity and clarity i would not recommend uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. if you love if you love complexity uh-huh. uh, and history and, and just stories that history history is not a thing in the past it like lives in the present in sarajevo mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a companion in life and if you like that man gotta get to sarajevo
1: yeah i've been wanting to go uh, uh well I, the Balkans is just a fascinating place. The just mm-hmm. everything that's happened there and the the mix of the cultures and mm-hmm. uh, just yeah. Hopefully I'll I'll get to Serbia someday. I was we were I have had cevapi in um in, in Slovenia and Croatia. And it's
3: yeah. it's
1: good it's very good. I mean, so we saw it? We, oh, sorry, we, we saw it on the menu. We asked the waitress what what is it, and she said meat in different shapes. And I think she was trying yeah. to say you know meat formed into yeah. different shapes. So we're like, okay, well, it's, he said meat and shapes. So let's let's go for that. And then, yeah, and we realized, okay, we, we now know what we're that's, doing here.
0: That, that's funny because I was in uh, Albania and reading an mm-hmm. English menu and it said meat in different shapes.
1: Yeah, because yeah. he's was like, like, maybe kind of yeah. an elephant.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I was a little
3: disappointed. <laughs> I was like, where's the
2: jacket? <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing. You know, it's similar in, in Albania. They just have a different name for it. But yeah. the, the, uh, the worst description of javapi is meat fingers. <laughs> which is like i don't know if i want to oh, yeah. eat that yeah. But, uh, yeah there's a big debate between croatia and bosnia because in croatia they eat their chavapi with ivar which is this wonderful vegetable yeah, spread ivar is- mm-hmm. yeah so, that's ivar really good is, i still have it in my refrigerator here in, in atlanta <laughs> uh-huh. um but in in uh, bosnia they eat it with kymak which is this oh m- between sour cream and yeah. cream cheese yeah mm, that, sounds good, so- yeah. So, so, that anyway, sounds good yeah so that sounds good yeah yeah, you yeah, can decide that's funny yourself, I, which is better. Well,
0: because I used to live in Uzbekistan, and we had all of those because of just mm-hmm. probably former Soviet world. I don't know, but maybe Central Asian world. I don't, I don't know which it was, but Kaimak was something that we got all the time, uh, as well as ivar. But you know, in in Sweden, because we have so many, uh, so many Bosnian, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people from Bosnian origin, um, when you can get ivar in every grocery store, yeah. in yeah, Sweden. Nice. It's like a Glorious. standard. Standard, it's right next to the Swedish pickles, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. just like you know that it's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and you could get you could get a kaimak as well. Uh less less so, but we could get actually some pretty good dairy stuff. So
2: I, I'm I pretty sure the learned... kaimak is uh Ottoman, Ottoman influence. Is that what so it is? Ottomans okay. spread a lot of these things across the Balkans yeah, and across in a, in a the world directions, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was uh at a conference one time here in Europe and uh we were talking to you know, we were introduced, it was a training. So we were going to be together for a couple of years, I think. And, um, and uh, we were going around the room, introducing ourselves and, you know, first time we'd met. And so someone would go around, Oh, I'm from the Netherlands. I'm from this place, that place. And every time that a, a new place would come up, I would go, Oh, I love the, if I had been there, I'd be like, I love this about the place. And so mm-hmm. finally Martin Gast, who's the, who is the uh, European SLM director for uh, student ministry director for a while uh, looked at me and goes, I think you experience culture through food. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yes, I, I think, I think that's correct. I think that's great. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, guys, this is
2: one of the best food podcasts I've ever been on. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about, a little bit
0: about food. Uh, soon we'll talk about, what is it? Sweaty balls. Uh, oh, <laughs> the, is not a, a Saturday Night Live? Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, that was a real low point. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about mission. Okay. So, so, Josh, you you guys have started uh, a podcast over there uh, at Crew City called Mission Shift, and mm-hmm. uh, I've had the pleasure of looking through kind of some of the guests, some of the contributors some, to it. Some heavy hitters. Man, you guys mm-hmm. have been you guys have been busy talking to people. Talk to us for a few a few. Go, take it where you want, but just some. Kind of general direction. Um, Why'd you start the podcast? What was the general thinking? What are you trying to do with the podcast? And then we'll just rabbit trail it from there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it kind of started in reverse. We didn't say, let's make a podcast. Now, what do we do? We were, we had this conviction as a team that uh, the world is changing and has changed. That global Christianity is changing and has changed. And that that means that our, our global missions is changing. And if global missions is changing, then we in the West need to change the way that we engage in missions. Mm -hmm. I mean, facts like uh, the fact that, um, you know, beginning of the 1900s, there were 9 million Christians in Africa, and now there's over 700 million.
1: Yeah.
2: Or (laughs) facts like the fact that there are more Anglicans, um, you know, going to church in African countries than there are in England and America and Canada combined. So, those kind of realities we, we started to see and we're saying so so what does that mean for us i mean here we are a team that we're supposed to be sending people uh to engage in missions and and we don't want to we don't want to do that in a way that is unhelpful um and also we're, we're noticing in, in america perhaps a trend away from sending and being mm-hmm. involved in global missions towards local concerns because but we had a lot of local concerns and we have a lot of local concerns, especially in 2020, you have a pandemic, you have racial division, you have political cycle, you have nationalism, you have all these things that are, that are rising up. And so people are like, I got too much to do at home. How in the world am I going to think about Spain or, or, you know, Nigeria or wherever. Plus in Nigeria, they got their own churches. They're they, they already have Christians established there. Why, why do we need to go there? And so there was all these questions bubbling around. So we decided to um, create a create a survey and just try to see are we are our convictions true or not. And we ended up talking to about sixty different leaders around the world, and uh, many of those, most of those, are not part of our organization. Most of those uh, we found just through networking, and, and we talked to someone and say who do, who, should, who else should we talk to. Mm-hmm. And we got to talk to people in in Sri Lanka and in multiple places in Africa, in Latin America, in Asia, um, in Europe. And, and what we, what we found out is our convictions were right. Missions has changed (laughs) uh, significantly or or the world has changed significantly. And we, we can actually be hurtful in how we try to help if we don't recognize those changes.
0: (laughs) So, so how, what are some of the ways that you found that we could actually be hurtful?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to pick trying to pick one. Um, so, a lot. There's a lot. Yes, <laughs> we're we're good at that. Um, yeah. Paul Borthwick had this illustration, and um, he talked about how um, we think we can think of missions as uh, a relay where. You know, we in the West, we've been running with the baton and then we hand it off to somebody else, you know, the global church, for example, the, the uh, majority world church. And then we can, we can now retire from the race and cheer while they run on. Mm. He's like, I don't like that illustration um, because it, it, it means we get out of the race and but we're yeah. all called to be in the race, right? Yeah. Just so one way we can hurt is just not bringing the resources mm. we have to bear to the task of global missions. But there's another way we can hurt. And that's where we just keep on going on like it's 1980. Uh, Like it's, you know, in 1910 in Edinburgh, there was this big, you know, missions conference uh, to try to finish the task. And there were like seven non-Westerners there out of 1,200 people. Yeah. So we can continue thinking we're in the lead. uh, We're just running on our own. And then we kind of show up in other countries and do our thing. Uh, we're not learning about that culture. We're not being relevant. We're kind of treating it like uh, we're at the head of the table. And, you know, these other people can sit at the kids' table if they want. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we express that in the way we we um, talk about other people. One of the guys, um, Pastor Adrian, talked about a, a woman who came on a short-term trip and was asked to people, have you heard of the internet? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and one of the Sri Lankans was like, this person is supposed to help us and they don't know that we have yeah. internet. What do they think we are, you know? <laughs> and so we, we become hurtful when we try to continue with kind of a patriarchal or, or Western dominant way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think another big way is just the role of money and power. Uh, we talked with uh, a guy, Dr. Lazarus uh, who was born in, in Zambia, went on to get his PhD at Edinburgh and now leads a, um, a theological school there, and uh, he, he his his topic is mission without empire, mm-hmm. and how um, for since Constantine the center of empire was synonymous with the center of Christianity, mm-hmm. so the Roman Empire, Europe, England, America, and now for the first time, you know the American Empire still still leading in military, leading in money, leading economically, leading in education, but it's not the center of Christianity anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when we come with our passport and our power and our money, we're probably going to do more harm than than we do if we come um, humbly and listening and learning. It's kind of one of the big lessons. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. those those are great. And those are,
1: I mean, I think, Things you know, Barrett. You and I have um, you know struggled with ourselves and thinking, and even just seeing it, you know, uh, seeing it played out in many in many different ways. Uh, I, I'm interested, you know, um, in and then so so there is this shift, there is this total change of the world, which which on one hand is 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 amazing, and it it's it basically it is proof to some degree that you know, depending on how you want to, without, you know, and try to be too, uh, you know, plant our flag and say, we, we did it. Right. You know, but that, that the great commission has, has, is in the process of being uh, completed. Yes, We're not, we're, you know, that's, 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 that's incredible. I mean, I, I, our campus team in, in, um, in Spain has Argentines, has a Panamanian has an, a, a Lithuanian, you know, so they have this, this multicultural group of people who are now going to the world. So you know, so I guess the question then for, for me, and I think this is what we probably you know Barrett and I often struggle with what is the what is the role of crew as an uh, in crew USA you know, I would say yeah or, or or the role of a mission organization now what as as they look into the next um, obviously there's some changes they need, but and we want to move away. I, I think we all agree too that we this the idea that well we've, we've done the job, it's our turn to uh, mm-hmm. Retire and and or you know get on the back bench and cheer, mm-hmm. uh you know kind of be the third string veteran quarterback who just kind of you know calls plays. How how, how do we? But because at the same time I, I think I I've, I've uh, felt the same thing you felt is like when you go back to the states now the 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 global missions emphasis in a lot of churches has faded. Mm-hmm. Um, even there's a little bit of a, maybe an embarrassment of maybe mm-hmm. yeah. global missions That's right. Fine. But so how, how do we how do we get churches, people oh, back into the idea that no, no, the, the Great Commission is still important. Uh, going to the world is still important. We're still a part of that. But change a little bit of our and it, let's just say in the sense, Western mentality of we've got all the answers. We've done it. Uh, follow us. How, how, how do we how do we begin to do that?
2: that's part of the reason why we made this Mm -hmm. podcast was there's educational aspects of that like yeah i i've been involved with missions my whole well my whole life because my father was a pastor and grew up in church that that was involved in missions i didn't know what was going on in, in outside of america i don't know that didn't know there was a costa rican mission association planning churches in north africa you know i didn't know that Nigeria's wanted to send 50,000 missionaries the next 15 years Mm -hmm. to the hardest to reach places. I didn't know all that stuff. And so the education of learning, and I think you're right when you're talking about, there's a, it's not a planting a flag. It's saying the gospel went out and it bore fruit.
1: Yeah. Look at the
2: fruit. Mm -hmm. The places that were mission fields are now mission forces. Yeah. And, And they not only have come to know Christ, they're vibrantly following him and wanting to bring that message all around the world, whether it's kind of this um, reverse missions idea coming out of Africa and colonial countries back to Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the largest church in Europe is, well, was uh, in Ukraine, yeah. led by a Nigerian. So you have, you have this mission force going out, So there's educational aspect to that. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this um, thing that we're not good at. As Americans, as my friend recently said, Americans are number one at thinking they're number one. Um, <laughs> That's good. There, there's uh shout out to Steven who said that uh, there's humility. Yeah. That is the thing that we got to get because humility allows us to not show up with our program we created in America and say, if you translate this, this will work where you are. and we'll pay for it (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: so so with that then because you mentioned you mentioned uh earlier kind of how the 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 center of missional sending i don't know how you exactly how you put it has always been kind of the center where the center of empire was Mm -hmm. and if and if that's changing then how how do you see the mission itself changing um because it's it's like, so it's easy for it's easy for those who are in the center of actual empire. So in the sense of being mm-hmm. American, we're number one at thinking we're number one. Um, if we're going somewhere, it's easy for us to take our, hey, uh, our cultural equivalence equivalency of, okay, for our, when, when we think that our culture is superior and therefore our brand of Christian thought is superior, mm-hmm. do you... Do you have a sense that those who are sending, like if if Nigeria is sending X number of missionaries out into the world, are those missionaries fundamentally different? Are they, do you get a sense that uh, the Costa Rican missions agency who's who's establishing churches in North Africa? uh, It seems to me that it it may be that it's less easy or less. It's easier for them to be humble going in there because they're not trying to establish beachfronts for Costa Rica. Costa Rica yeah. has enough good beaches. Right. Uh, but, but I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like, do you, oh, I know, yeah. is, is there a sense of a humility going in? Like it, it may be that for the first time we're actually able just to take the gospel rather than uh Coca-Cola or. Um, I think you're right on it. I think that's, okay.
2: that's maybe what God is doing in huh. this age. I mean, there's, when you go as, as from empire, you bring empire with you, right. You know, um, you bring, um, you rest on your money, you rest on your power, you rest on your culture. And then it's really hard to share. for you know, me as an American to share the gospel and, it, and not to have all that cultural baggage with it. You know, there's the gospel and, well, Josh does this, so therefore that's Christian, and Josh does this, and therefore that's Christian, right? Um, what we're seeing come out of, say, Nigeria, most of the missionaries go without any financial support. Hmm. They just move to the country and trust God to figure it
3: out.
2: Mm-hmm. That the, the whole paradigm is, you know, is crazy, yeah. right? But they're able to send more people because they're able to go and do it that way. Also, because they're not going in the power of their passport, who do they have to rely on? Well, right. God, Christ yeah. working through them, the Holy Spirit empowering them. That kind of sounds like what we had the first couple hundred years of of Christianity, you know, after after Christ. So, passport um, of Judea
0: wasn't wasn't as quite powerful yeah. as powerful as the Roman yeah, passport. Yeah, wasn't. Although Paul had a Roman passport, that that's was and I that, <laughs> think that's
2: important. It, it's not. This is not saying that. um, you know, using what you have is bad. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a period when our blue passport, you know, from America got us into countries uh, around the world and went, and got us into places. Uh, now it's starting to work against us in some places. Right. Yeah. But I mean, just think of what, as you go with empire, what has gotten mixed up with that in the history, colonialism, you know, slavery, mm-hmm. um, capitalism, Uh, just all these different things that come with it and it's just complex to separate it out. And maybe God just saying, well, now we don't have to separate it out. All they got is Jesus. They're relying on him. You know, they're picking up and moving and and trusting God to see what happens.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a trick. It's a tricky thing because um, I think, I think it uh, one of the, so, so I'll, I'll, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but you know, one of the big issues, uh, obviously is the the, the, the colonial past you know, and, and mm-hmm. there's things in the past, you know, missions. Um, and, you know, I, I, obviously I, there's a, there's a, there's a very good critique there. And I think in, which mm-hmm. is w- where you guys are, need to go and where we're going and trying to think, how do you, how do you parse it out? And how do you really become missionaries that are, are sent in the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus as servants, as humble, you know, learners, uh, you know, all that stuff. But the the flip side of that there does seem to be uh, in certain and it feels like even more in in maybe conser- more conservative areas of evangelicalism a real um, uh, looking back at history and going whoa missions was was bad um,
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: you know yeah and and so I'm interested as you talk to you uh, maybe some uh, national leaders from Africa from Asia <laughs> their their response to that because I, I, I I'm I'm probably someone who pushes back a little on that saying the historical record isn't quite as bad. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. It, colonialism was the bad connection, but a lot of missionaries, you know, fought against that even or, or against it right. themselves and did things. Um, and so there's maybe a, 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 a bad reading of history that gets kind of circled back into, you know, all missions and, and, and even, you know, like I said, I, 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 it's just something that you, I was kind of putting my back foot several years ago when I was actually in South Korea, mm-hmm. mainly with, uh, evangelical students you know from a seminary and they were they were really um all shocked that the South Koreans spoke highly of missionaries um right so so, so they were at least the community we were in they were they were they, they've really talked and I think you know South Korea is a different kind of thing there wasn't necessarily colonial power per se when U.S. and Brits came in there was some different things that happened there but they because they were people spoke so highly of missions in the 50s and 40s or maybe the 30s Mm -hmm. but not the 40s uh, people were really like whoa we thought all missions was bad was kind of the my some of my classmates' perception so so i'm I'm interested in what you've heard Mm -hmm. from national leaders because because i also worry that it's just an it's an american conversation we're having while the actual people who who whose culture and history that is aren't really involved in the conversation that's you know another another critique
2: there so no nationals that we spoke to I mean, anywhere in the world uh, were negative about mm-hmm. what missions did. Mm-hmm. They were thankful. That was yeah. the main thing I'll describe. Thankful.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because many of them came to Christ through Western missionaries. Yes. Yeah. And they recognized that. Mm-hmm. And they know the graveyards that are in their country of missionaries yeah. who had come and died. And they knew what it took to bring the gospel there in history. So the number one thing is thank you. Now, that was quickly followed with, now things have changed. Let's go in new ways. Let's mm-hmm. go together.
3: Yeah.
2: And those are not, you can hold both of those in right? Yeah. You yeah. can be thankful for the way something was in the past, but also not want it to continue into the future in the same yeah. way. So that's one thing that, that we definitely heard. And then another person that I uh, found out about through, the, through this process of interviewing people is Laman Sané. He's passed yeah. away now. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. From, He's an yeah. amazing a I, I, theologian, from, yeah. a from Africa, who talks yeah. about the goal of missions is not to um, create a West, Western African, but to create a renewed African. Yeah. And what does that look like? And how the gospel was meant to be translated into these different cultures. And that's a unique thing about the gospel and about our mission and our missions is that we're bringing a message that's meant to be translated into the culture to draw out the beauty of the culture that's that's embedded, that got embedded in that culture. For example, the Costa Rican missionaries in, in Northern Iraq are doing a way more communal style of ministry uh-huh, uh-huh. than we would ever do in our Western individualism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so God is bringing that in, um, and, and and so to me, it's it's not this missions is colonial. Yeah. I mean, uh, cultural imperialism was happening, right? The British yeah. empire. Yep. Um, you know, it was happening or even the Roman empire.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now just because they were on the same boat doesn't mean that they were, were doing that nor does it mean that we're not guilty of cultural imperialism many times as missionaries. And that's yeah. that wrestling. That's that wrestling we have to do mm-hmm. saying, um, how, do, how do we like Christ and Philippians to make ourselves nothing, uh, so that we can, um, you know, serve and, and just as, you know, who made himself nothing uh, so that, and put away his, his Godhood, which is way more than our Americanhood, to put away um, so that, so that he could as a servant um, bring, bring change into our life. How do we do that also as, as missionaries and believers? Amen. So you said
1: a word there that I thought, is probably a super important word, which is together. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like that, that when I, when I hear that word, it excites me about missions mm-hmm. that we go together with that, with, with everyone, all these different cultures, which makes it sometimes harder, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe oh, yeah. a little more complicated, uh, but there's something beautiful about together.
2: I think that's part of the future of missions. Um, you know, this it's been for the last 15 years I've been talking about, um, not from the West to the rest, but everywhere to everywhere. Yeah. And it's not just one line, it's multiple lines merging together and going over here and crossing and um and that how do we how do we really embrace partnership and relationship and mission and not task?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: And then as we embrace that, how do we together go somewhere else? So when I was in Bosnia, we had Albanians and Bosnians on our team. And, and, but we were still kind of an American dominant team. How do you have Americans going with Albanians where they're the dominant te- part of the team mm-hmm. to some third place? How do we create those? And this is where mm-hmm. we get the crew. Crew ourselves, you know, how do we think within our own organization about not just each country doing their own thing, but how do we work together? Yeah. To do things.
0: It seems to me that that means we're going to have to rewrite some of the. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> long pause in the podcast. Uh, I, I, I think we're going to have to rewrite or kill some sacred cows in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be this, it's going to be a slaughterhouse for a while in order to figure that out. Maybe that's the wrong analogy to put, but I mean, in the sense of, you know, you mentioned one of them, your example was Nigerians going without being funded or raising support. Mm -hmm. Like in Western mission agencies, similar to ours, uh, that's a sacred cow. Uh, the way we fund ourselves is a is a sacred cow, and I'm not sure i i'm not saying that therefore, because we hold it dear, it needs to die it 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 has its use are there any? Are there any ways or anything specific that comes to mind from anyone that you, you guys have talked to of sacred cows that are kind of like, look, in order to accomplish this, doing it together, these are going to be some of the sacred cows that are going to have to die. So it doesn't mean it has to be our sacred cows as Americans. It can mm-hmm. just be sacred cows that are dear to missions or dear to or common among cultures or whatever else. So I, 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 don't, I don't want to just pick on American dominant missions agencies, okay. but just, just anything.
2: Um, OM is doing in the U.S. is doing some some cool stuff. They basically have moved from where the majority of their uh, people they're sending are supported uh, staff to now the majority are people who are moving to other countries, getting jobs there,
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: and then the minority are people who are supported. and And they're thinking about almost like how to help those people find those jobs, develop their resume for that, but then also be disciples. So there's a training they want to, to help disciples get jobs all around the world and to be naturally in those, those environments. That's, that's one, one example I can think of. Um, I think there's, there's a bit of a sacred cow of, and this is, this is how Paul Borthwick put it, you know, um, your missions board at the church of 50 white people who are, who are, you know, going yeah. to the world. And he's like, if you're missionaries look like you and are from the same culture then maybe you're not doing missions in the new way uh, mm. um the sacred cow of um we develop programs that will we think will work anywhere and then we yeah. just go and translate them our yeah, material. Yeah.
0: yeah Now yeah, that's why, a good
1: we, we, i i, and I, 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 and, I and I try to kill that sacred cow all the time it's it maybe sometimes made us a little unpopular.
2: I mean, as national leaders, a little, leaders, little bit, of a little bit, little
0: bit of a zombie, a zombie. Uh, a zombie probably cow. got
2: pinged all the time as national leaders. You know, as I was one too. Of like, yeah. hey, we got this thing; it's going to transform your ministry. You know, we'll pay for it. Just who's going to translate it? And you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, which which, you know, materials that are developed are are great uh, and goodness, if we can just translate them and, and, and you've got a great material, then that's, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I it's, it is, it is though interesting how often I like to say that we still put our, we still put our, our, our hopes in chariots. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: we just, you know their their tools mm-hmm. and and even though the the chariot can have a lot of you know christian message written on it it can be covered in in gospel-centered bumper stickers it, mm-hmm. it's still a chariot and at the end of the day and that can't be where our hope our hope lies um huh uh, to me to me this stuff sounds very exciting what is mm-hmm. the anytime that big change happens um interestingly enough we had a. Uh, Todd Bolsinger on, on this podcast a long time ago, the author of uh, Canoeing the Mountains, which is a oh, book awesome. about leadership change. And it was a great book. And uh, he's a really great thinker on that. And right now I'm actually, we ran out of kids. We ran out of kids books to read my kids. Mm-hmm. Cause we went through all of the English books at the local library in like, <laughs> like a week and a half. and So yeah. we were like, great. And I didn't want to buy anything. And it was late one night and the kids wanted me to read something to them, So I was like, I don't know, guys, I, I've, I've got uh, undaunted courage, the story of Lewis and Clark. And my kids <laughs> were like, sure, why not? So it's like an 800 page book by Stephen yeah, Ambrose. Yeah, it's a big one. And I've read it before, but I'm rereading it to my kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm kind of in that vein of thinking about canoeing mm-hmm. the mountains and every time and change leadership and, and daring leadership. Anytime you, anytime you, this, if it is a truly a mission shift and these things are happening, um, there's got to be pushback in all sorts of directions. Uh, what are the, as you've talked to people, what are the bits that are, are hard to swallow? Um, that, that So I'm not, I'm not saying that, or what are the things that you find hard to swallow, maybe, is even a, even a good way to put it.
2: I like to be important. <laughs> I like to feel <laughs> like I show up and have something to give. Um, that, that's hard. And I'm future-oriented, so I get more like you with the, with the excitement, but yeah. I think we're addicted to urgency. Mm. I think that how do we recruit for missions? Yep. If you don't do it, it's not going to get done.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: So yeah. So what is your messaging now when others, when the majority of people who are getting the job done are not from the West?
0: Right. Yeah.
2: That's a tough one.
0: I mean, it, it, it was, it was interesting. I, I, the, the people remain nameless, but I've recently seen a recruiting video of a new, new thing. And, uh, I remember watching it going, wow, this is really playing on the emotions of like mm-hmm. the student who's watching this is literally the only person on earth that could fit this. It, it, does this really fit what I, it, it, it was? It, it was a different feeling than I had ever had uh, in, mm-hmm. in 20 years of ministry. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely is one.
2: And how long can emotions help you survive moving overseas and doing hard things? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not so long. No. no. Seven, seven months <laughs> into a transition. I don't
0: know where the emotions yeah, are. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, it's, it's that it's a, it, there's a weird high you get, right. Your first, like, mm-hmm four or five months on stint, you know, yeah. and, and every once in a while I'll, I get a hit of that because I go somewhere new or, mm-hmm. or, or, or something happens that just kind of gives you, go, Oh, wow. That was, I remember those, those great. And then, but then you realize, okay, well, you know, missions is a long, steady march through, uh, you know, through Mordor really, uh, yeah. you know, with someone carrying, most likely someone's carrying you half the way uh, it's, you know, it is not a, and, and it's, it's just getting up and getting the, the job done on a, on a, yeah. or some, some days just getting up and crying uh, <laughs> and then going
3: back to bed.
0: Going back to bed my job
2: today just, was to cry. Garrick, right, yeah, like, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. have you been, hey, do you have cameras set up around my house lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've all, we've all been there. Right. And so I, I think that's the,
1: that's the rub too. Is like the way we do, I think we do tend to rec- it's America, right? America, yeah. and you, I see it sometimes seep into Latin America a little bit too with this, this, this great adventure, and it's it's really good tactic for recruiting, but you're right, it creates this kind of, I think we see a lot of the sinners come in now with, with very high expectations of, of what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And part of that's, that's, I don't necessarily know that's their fault or the or crew's fault. It's the culture's fault in, in a lot of ways. We, everything that is going to happen in your life is just going to be amazing and, and, and deep and profound. And, and that's
2: just not life. Um, no, we ta- life. We talked about how, like, say I go to a church and I want to raise $100,000 to build a building in some country, you know, yeah. that, that is very, I have an emotional video about why it's so important. And, and yeah. it, it's very concrete. It's pretty easy to raise that 100000 for the building or, or whatever. Now, say that I, uh, I come to the church and say, I need $10,000 to take a few people over to this country. We're not going to change the country. We're just going to get to know the people there. Yeah, and what they're like the the believers and what they're doing. That's harder to raise that ten thousand.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's because we don't value the relationships, and, and we want that concrete life changing project. Now, uh, Paul Borthwick told a story uh, on the podcast about a church that that built a church building for a church in Mexico, and five years in, when they finally finished it, they're like, "Hey, like a church building. It's like it's it's pretty nice. We really needed a clinic, but uh, the the church building yeah. is, is awesome." And yeah. so you. If they would have spent that's ten thousand awesome. dollars to go and get to know the people and spend some time with them, they would have built yeah. them in the building that they actually needed. Yeah. You know, and so that yeah. that's part of this whole missions is relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a task. Uh, you know, even yeah. think about uh, the way that the Great Commission is phrased go and make disciples of all nations that's not yeah. a product that's a person that is that, that is And discipleship happens in relationships so missions is relational and um so we, we you can't sell on the urgency quite the same way anymore but we can we can talk about how um the gospel has gone out it has worked it's they're born fruit all around the world and we get the privilege being friends with those people and coming alongside them and together being the body of Christ. That's a true global body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't matter if you're the the hand or the arm or the head or not the head because Jesus is the head or the shoulder or whatever part of the body of Christ. We want to be the best one of that we can be. Um, yeah. And let's keep finding where we're supposed to fit in that.
0: Do you, do you feel like. So, so. I had a really awesome question that has completely rearranged itself in my head. Mm. And now there are Swedish and Spanish terms floating around too. So mm. this has become a disaster. <laughs> um, it's pretty much my life right now. But this uh, is the
2: real, this is the realness. This is, mission, this is right? missions.
0: Oh. Um, so no, as you, as you guys think about like um, just the idea of you can't show up and kind of go from a position of strength. Um, you can't, it's not just coming in and going, okay. Uh, you know, I'm American and I'm here to change the world, or you can't raise support from that, uh, position of kind of, you know, only you can fulfill it or whatever the kind of the long, you know, as we're thinking about people centered missions, um, uh, reaching people a longer haul, um, something that's not results driven. I've often wondered recently because so many of the places of the world, at least in recent history and with the internet and kind of things, um, our missions agencies, our missions agencies from other countries that are sending people, or maybe not even missions agency, just a church that's like, Hmm. it just gets fired up for Jesus and people go, I want to go and they say, go and they bless them and they pray over them and they got no clue how to do it are they going with the attitude of this is what my impact is going to be? Like, I'm going to go change the world. Cause it, that seems a particularly human thing. And I know, I realize it's a very American thing. Um, and we've, we've made it look a little bit like capitalism, like an ultimately like a, a pitch to the board of directors and the year, end of year dividends forecast. Um, I mean, I I was I stumbled on to Facebook the other day, um, a guy who works for a missions agency, and I was like, what? A guy went to college with, and so I was like, oh, what missions agency? So I kept clicking through and went to their Facebook page, and the the last post that they had was, um, this is our end of the year impact report for what we've seen God do throughout the world, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that they're trying to be faithful mm. to their donors and everything else, mm. but. It, it just seemed to me impact report. Like if I had an impact report of my time in Sweden, it should be really short. <laughs> like, so did I waste my time? Do my supporters waste their time? No, I don't I don't think so. And I could come up with some stuff. Oh, this is what we saw and everything. And God was certainly faithful and some cool stuff happened. But my my point is, is I would have to really think hard. And at the end of the day, do I really know the impact? I don't think I do. So my, my question is, are foreign or not foreign, but... Um, <laughs> around the world, are they taking this American mindset into their missions or is there a fundamentally different position or does it vary from place to place?
2: That is a really great question. I would love to explore more with people that we've talked to. I mean, I, we didn't get into that per se. I will guess at that, that. I do think there's probably some sense of the same kind of, I'm going to go to make a difference. Yeah. Right. That's why you, why you go. Yeah. Now, I think that difference is probably way more relational mm-hmm. um, than the way we think about ex- establishing an organization there, mm-hmm. planting a flag there, mm-hmm. I mean, just think they're not going as the organization. They're going as themselves many times and connected to this association and church that's supporting them. And maybe sometimes there's church planning, so they want to plant their church there. And then you think about the example of that church in Ukraine, the big church, he wants to change Ukraine, you know? Um and so there, there is, there is some of that, that as well, but that, that's, it's a challenging, it's a challenging thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause how
0: do you unwrite the human, you know, sinful nature that wants to, wants to claim itself as, well, the, the the, the pride of the pride of man. Right. How do yeah. you, how do you unwrite that into the story? Somehow God uses it anyway. So uh, but it just, it seemed I'm just kind of one of those things that I've been processing lately of like, now we're on this new thing that mm. we're doing here in Spain and looking back on my time in Sweden, I see so many times where I was writing myself into the story and trying right. to be able to say, this is my impact. This is my legacy. This is whatever. And God used those things. So it's no, no. you know, I, I'm amazed at God's grace and using flawed vessels as he does mm. of us. Mm-hmm but as I think about now I'm thinking about things very differently at this stage of life, also a bit humbled, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of coming in where, you know, I left the head honcho and I've come in and I'm (laughs) head nothing. So, so it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a good place to be of kind of, I'm having, I'm having that attitude of I'm looking around and I'm seeing Spaniards and Lithuanians and everybody who's all in this mess Mm -hmm. together. And it's like, okay, I'm a part of this. And that's a fundamentally different position. So when I, write even newsletters now those are different than they were in my first years in Sweden
2: yeah I can speak personally I mean I think that there's something there's something there um I experienced it when I was uh living in one of the you know least reached countries of Europe and one of the most difficult places post-war post-communist uh majority is Islamic so I mean it's very challenging environment Um, And I'm a very driven um, kind of project oriented person. I like to set goals. I like to accomplish that. I'm a high achiever. It's my number one on the strength finders. And um, you know, God moved me to a place where you you can barely can achieve like setting up a bank account, you know, know, a movement Um, and where I came back to. And I think that this may be some of where we want to be uh, is, is, am I being faithful to the calling that God has on my life? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because although maybe we don't play as urgent a role as Americans in the mission of God today, my life is somewhat urgent. I have a limited amount of time. I can use it the way I, the one, one way. And then that time has gone. Right. And I want to use it doing the things that God wants me to do. So am I waking up this morning? Am I, did God tell me to move to Bosnia? He did I'm there. You know, he asked, tell me to move him to Spain. He did. I'm there, you know? So how can I be faithful so that if I leave well, hypothetically after 11 years and your plans didn't succeed, <laughs> um, not so hypothetically, um, you know, <laughs> can I be okay? Mm-hmm. You know, can yeah. I be okay? And, and, and taking that pressure off allows us to go differently as well. I'm not, I'm not showing up in in Africa or Sri Lanka or wherever, and I've got to get X amount of people to come to X program, you know, because that's what my, I'm sent to do. Right. I can go with no agenda and say, what are your dreams? What is your vision? How can we, how can we help with that? (laughs) One of my personal goals right now on the team that I lead is to to rewrite the way that America relates to Europe in, in our organization. And um, it's hard. Be, yeah. I mean, that'd be, that'd be nice. I, I mean, it's a good, that's gut, a good, that's speed. a very good. Yeah. Hey, there is a core, <laughs> there's a core
0: view. group of you. There's a core group of you whose goal that is. And that, yeah. that is encouraging. So
2: yeah. that's encouraging. And So, as we're working on our mission statement, like I was very, very insistent that um, the vision and the dreams and the mission don't come from us,
3: <laughs>
2: you know, from our side, but that we're responding hmm. to the vision and dream and mission of Europeans and how we can help out
3: mm-hmm.
2: now. Guess what? Uh, even in trying and focusing so much on that, I put help the vision, bring the reality the vision of change people in Europe. Still, which way is the air? Who's helping and who's being helped?
3: Yeah.
2: And I like, I totally missed that. And I'm like, I'm making a podcast about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about this every day. And I'm still like thinking my arrows going one way. Where's the mutuality? Where's the reciprocity? You know where? What can I learn? What do I need help from? And so, relationship is complicated. That's why we'd rather just do a program. Uh, but yeah. if we come into relationship and we have people around us that goes, you know, I, how can, as I go in and I have a relationship with people who are dreaming and have vision about what could happen in Europe, and as I'm trying to bring whatever God put in me and in our team and in our the resource pool of America. Also, what are the resources and and the strengths of, of Europe, and how we can learn and grow through that relationship? And so that in the end, I mean, really, I just want to be friends. I want to be like that guy is my best friend because if I need something, he's there. He's, when he makes a mistake, he's honest about it. And so, like, right. how do we build those type of relationships in our missional approach? I think mm-hmm. that would kind of change the game.
0: Yeah, I actually, I actually think in order for In order for, how how do you say it? God's God's economy of missions is not a one-way flow chart. It's right. It is, it is a reciprocal relationship. So Paul yeah. who had everything to give in Romans one says, I endeavor to go to you so that you and I might both benefit from our exchange of faith. I mean, it's the exactly. there, Harkins paraphrase, but so Paul even has that attitude of this lengthy letter going into the lengthy letter that he's writing in order to make sure that these people have the right kind of theology. He's expecting to receive a benefit from them in the exchange of that and i've you know this is now my fourth continent to do to do missions on and and i i've never gone to a place and not fundamentally been changed by the location that i've been in mm-hmm. and learned something new from the people that i'm the one that's supposed to be you know <laughs> that i've seen myself as the the yeah the grand savior coming in to make sure, Mm -hmm. you know, these poor people have Jesus and I'm usually the one that walks away going, I think I got a lot more out of that transaction. (laughs) Um, you know, transaction is not the right word, but you, you get what I'm saying. So, so I think, I think we need a lot more of that attitude. I think, I think if the church, I think if we were a little bit more honest about missions, I think the pitch, if I, if I had to make a pitch to people, um, I haven't really done heavy recruiting in a long time, but if I had to recruit people to either a short-term or a long-term project or, you know, long-term overseas, I think my my benefit would be come and get engaged and being changed. Like mm-hmm. you, this is this. You're never going to give in a situation where you are not getting so much more mm-hmm. because it's the nature of how God works and you're going to see things in new ways. And that to me the kind of mission shift that you're describing is actually one that I think that is really healthy because hopefully the church begins to learn and see some new things. If we mm-hmm. if we go into it with the right attitude, if we don't go into it with the right attitude, we're going to be really frustrated and really, yeah. you know, there's going to be a lot of bridges that get burned. Yeah. You know, I think,
1: I think, you know, I, when, when you are talking, as we're talking, this, this is kind of an, an Uber theme to this podcast, but pilgrimage yeah. And I wonder if and there's not this is it's it's an area which hasn't been explored. I, I don't think I know of one article that talks about maybe a couple articles I've found out there in the nether regions of theological education and thinking of, of trying to make you know think of pilgrimage uh, and and missions as maybe pilgrimage is the is the model or sojourning you know maybe even mm-hmm. um biblical with with is it First Peter. Uh, but this idea that, you know, we, because I, I think you're right, we, whether we realize it or not, when we come, especially with crew, is which has, you know, thank God for 1950s business evangelicalism, you know, right. let's go out and get stuff. To, I mean, it, it impacted the world in a lot of ways, but that's kind of what we bring into it a lot of the time. You know, mm-hmm. the first conversation you're having, with people is like, okay, we got this money. We want the, you know, we want these outcomes and, blah, 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 and you're, you know, whereas, you know, maybe the pilgrimage model is really the uh, more of a metaphor for missions than, than anything else. Maybe, I don't know. That's something Baird and I've been kind of kicking around for a while and trying to, Mm -hmm. trying to land that plane a little bit. Um, Because, you know, being a pilgrim is, there's a lot of, you think, you know, as you were talking Baird about being Mm -hmm. a mission, you're talking, you're talking about being a pilgrim, being someone who leaves, leaves home, wanders, Meets new people is changed by those people that experience mm-hmm. and then comes to a new reality of their life in a new place. It's, you know, it's uh,
2: and in pilgrimage, you're, you're sort of going somewhere, right? Yeah. But you also, it's not all mapped out on the way. Yeah, there, there's something to that.
1: If you uh, do it right, if you do pilgrimage right, I think that's the
2: yeah,
1: the, then it, you shouldn't have it all clear.
2: Yeah, I would say that I, even though as we've acknowledged that, um, our organization is not always. I've been engaged in the conversation about Mm -hmm. missions. I I would give a shout out to organization. I think the recent changes in in the the rise of the national ministries um, is moving in the direction of uh, local ownership to a greater degree. And we are very well positioned because crew is not America crew. And, And we have these fruit of the gospel mission all around the world. Yeah. Now, what do we do with that? How do we work better together? Right. And how do we coming from the former power position and the still empire yeah. position?
1: Yeah.
2: Learn from our brothers and sisters in other countries who you know, to be honest, you know, are trusting God in much more challenging situations many times, way much more deep, deep character yeah. uh than, than you know me who's struggling because oops, I ran out of my coffee and now I have to order some more on Amazon and I have to wait till tomorrow to get it. You know, it's like, there's, uh, we have so much to learn from those people. So how do we as an organization embrace that and go multi-directional?
0: Yeah. You know, Mike, Mike Schatzman in, uh, in Lisbon, uh, always invites in, um, oh, I think the director in Ethiopia, maybe um, mm -hmm. who uh, talks to his interns and you know, listening to that guy's life is just it's it's ridiculous that he knows suffering in ways that that we could never. And there's that's one of the great things about being with the body of Christ is like I think as Americans, we need a, a better theology of suffering and, you know, resiliency and burnout are mm-hmm. big oh, topics. Yeah. But part of it is because we don't we don't have a good theology of suffering and a good theology of uh, of those things that that those have now become issues because we haven't had to in in large measure. but yet, the good news is organizationally but also body of christ wise is we have lots of people from all over the place including mm-hmm. to be honest our african american brothers and sisters who could tell us a thing or two about what it's like to be you know to yeah. to to suffer and so hearing from those corners um i think are are really important so that's yeah. one of the, you're right that's one of the huge benefits uh of being a part of the network that that we have yeah. uh, among crews you're never too far away from being able to find someone who Mm-hmm. it's just and and we have them even here in europe right so a lot of european yeah. leaders people who grew up under communism or mm-hmm. you know saw revolutions and gosh uh even now ukraine yeah um so anyway yeah, yeah. Derek. and I, I i think it's that is important to emphasize
1: crew has had this amazing capacity and desire to build up national leadership uh mm-hmm. and, and and hand over quick because i in Observing other organizations, and it's particularly denominational, mm-hmm. you know, I even had conversations with people, you know, friends who said, "Oh no, we can't turn it over to the nationals yet." Like they're, mm-hmm. like they need many, many, and 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 crew. And we've, we, I think part of it comes out of being student focused for so long, the willingness to go, mm-hmm. hey, you're 22 and you want to mm-hmm. do that. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of nuts the stuff we we, yeah. we do. You know, like you, you've never been, tra- you've you've been trained for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll send you to. You know, Romania in the middle of during the cold war. You know, like yeah. <laughs> good luck. And but at the same time, we've been willing to hand leadership over a lot quicker. I, I mm-hmm. think in most places, uh, um, than, than sometimes other organizations are. some, you know yeah.
2: um, and we can so be hard, I, hard I on ourselves. Saying, we can yeah. be hard on ourselves, but it is, it is worth celebrating that and that yeah. and that we have that legacy and opportunity. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, so where where are you guys or where Josh, where are you optimistic?
2: Um, I am super optimistic that the Great Commission, God's Great Commission, God's mission that's begun in the garden is going to succeed. Um yeah. as 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 Steve Addison said, I don't know if you remember, but Jesus rose from the dead and he gave us <laughs> <his> Holy Spirit. <laughs> um I mean it's just and to see that happening, yeah. I mean, nine million Africans. To seven hundred million Africans yeah. in like a century,
1: yeah,
2: who are believers. That's it's just yeah. and the believers who are passionately following Jesus. So I feel extremely optimistic in that. Also, I'm optimistic that we can re- rewrite relate old relationships in the way that we related. Um, I'm optimistic that, um, as we've heard from many people that have said, this is the this is the conversation that I wanted to have happen. Thank you you know really, I know there's more people that are like I feel yeah. something's different. I know we should be doing something different. I don't know how to do that. I mean we got missions pastors now that are trying to rewrite the way their their church is operating in missions because of these yeah. these topics so um, I'm very optimistic about that and I'm excited about the, you know my coach with the podcast is Krita Chen. she's um, you know Chinese American. And she said, um, Josh, you probably grew up and you'd see missionaries and thought I could be one of those. I didn't because they were all Mm. white men. Yeah. I'm I'm really optimistic about all those people that thought I don't get to be involved and now they know they can't. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Where where are you optimistic about Europe? Um, I'm excited about this, um, not to get too much into a kind of our. Internal speak, but I mean, I'm excited about the merger between Western Europe and Eastern Europe. Having been in Central and Eastern Europe, there are some amazing godly uh, followers of Jesus. They're strong leaders. I'm excited about um, that having an influence on Western Europe. I think Western Europe has been wrestling with um, issues of postmodernism and post-postmodernism and and, and deconstruction—all and these things, um, you know—that that, that uh, they've been wrestling wrestling with. I'm I'm looking forward to them having an influence on Eastern Europe, um, and I think because of advances in technology, like we're doing right now, you know, having this mm-hmm. conversation over Zoom and the closeness of the world, I, I think the idea of doing missions together, even though we're continents apart um, is more realistic than ever before. Mm -hmm. Like last year Mm -hmm. I had, like I said, I'm jumping on a plane tonight to Romania and I'm meeting four business people from Atlanta uh, who are are part of Leader Impact. And um, they're not just going on a mission trip. They're going to meet uh, the Romanian business people they've been mentoring for the last year on Zoom. Oh, no, cool. And we're gonna go that's to their awesome. companies and like talk to their management teams. And it's like that level of connections. There's that relationship that we're talking about. It's like not come to Romania, have an experience, eat some food. It's like
3: yeah,
2: build relationships and yeah. be connected there. So I'm optimistic about the potential of that kind of partnership growing. That's cool. Cool.
0: That's that's good stuff. I always I always like hearing uh the, the optimistic perspective, uh, yeah. for, for Europe as well, because yeah. it, it yeah. can, it can become so, uh, it, it easily becomes the, Oh, that's, that's just that hard place, you know, mm-hmm. but to, to hear the stories, um, there's a, I think two things that there's a quote from Andrew Peter, not Andrew Peterson. Well, I have lots of quotes from Andrew Peterson, but also, uh, Eugene Peterson wrote the yeah. book, uh, Uh, a long obedience in the same direction. And that Mm. to me seems that's, that defines missions. I know I realize he was, he was trying to define discipleship, but that Mm. seems to me, it's just mission. Um, And then the other would be, um, I don't know if you guys in your podcast um, ever came across Stefan Pass, who is a Dutch missiologist, uh, Mm. wrote a book called Pilgrims and Priests, which is uh, for me, And Garrick and I have talked to him as well. We've both read his books. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal thinker on the European scale and what it's going to take to, to reach Europe. And really he describes kind of that Kind of that sort of thing is is people who are willing to be faithful and 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 be planted and be faithful in the places where they are. So whether it be Romanian businessmen or church planters or whatever else. Um, So uh, in his his framework out of First First Peter of uh, pilgrims and priests is uh, has been a paradigm shifter for us. So both of those things as you were talking uh, reminded of those things. Um, Josh, I feel like we could just keep. Going, yeah, this is uh, for days, Fantastic. we yeah, this may need to be so. A,
1: so be we'll a uh, follow up,
2: yeah, we can have a follow up. Uh, you guys I are think we to, talk to. yeah, we'll, I'm built for rabbit trails. This is like my wife, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm omni interested in everything. <laughs> this, is, love, yeah. this is exactly right,
1: yeah. Okay, well, then, okay, before we finish, uh, where would we uh, people who would like to yeah. start listening to yeah. the because this, I, the, the, the list of people on there is, is it's is incredible. Important. Yeah. Incredible. You guys have done a really great job, Uh, but where, where can people connect? um...
2: The easiest place is crew.org slash mission shift. Okay. That's the best place. We also have, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those different ways to connect. And then uh, we'd love to hear from you just at mission shift at crew.org. You can, you can uh, email us or, or message us on some other means to to discuss that is we, we did a short run narrative style podcast so it's not interview it's, we did a bunch of interviews but then clipped it up topically mm-hmm. so there's eight um kind of from beginning to end journey discussion of this and then now soon we'll be in a stage where we're going to release the the uh, full interviews we did okay. with people like della dodavo like lazarus who i talked about and we'll release those um, over the the coming months but really that that eight episodes is this kind of a complete discussion of What's going on? How do we respond? Uh, and kind of what the future could look like. Cool. Excellent.
0: Well, well, we look forward uh, to doing a deep yeah. dive into uh, Mission Shift, and uh, we want to have you back on as well. Yeah, this,
2: we'd this love. Is, I hope maybe Karita can come with me next yeah, time. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd too. be
0: great. Um, I would be remiss
1: to not mention uh, that this is the twenty. This year is the twentieth year anniversary of the release of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. One of the great American albums. If you guys have never heard of it, go out and get it. Uh, the story about, just real quick, this is a good, good ending piece maybe, but this this album, they, they turned it into their record company. The record company said, this album sucks. Uh, redo it. And they're like, no, we're not going to redo it. And like, you can't play this on the radio. And they're like, no, we're not going to do it. So they had this big back and forth with their record company. Finally bought it from their record company, sold it to another record company. It was their most successful album. So 20 years ago, for me it's a big deal because it's it's a great album so get a get a chance this week up out there uh stream yankee hotel Foxtrot. Yep.
0: It, it would not be a rabbit trails podcast if there was not some kind of uh a little oh. unknown uh music <laughs> reference at the beginning or end yes
1: yeah, yeah that's why it's a little pop culture in there to, yeah. to finish out the uh well the, uh, the podcast
0: Josh, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. Uh listen, was blessings great. to you as you travel yeah. to Romania, enjoy yeah. some good Romanian food. And uh, I will. it's just yeah, it's I gotta make it there. Man, you got me the wonder. There's food everywhere. That's there's there's yeah, You everywhere. know, I, I, there's only I, one just, place in the world I don't really want to return, and that was a bad food experience. So that's yeah, how that's how it, key say. food. No, I won't, don't I won't. say.
1: You know. say it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I do think there's something Oklahoma. You said it earlier. Just kidding, just kidding. We did say it earlier. We did say it earlier it was the, there's this kind of you process missions through and culture through food. food. I think mm-hmm. there's something I, I, I always feel like when someone comes in to Spain and, and they love the food, I'm like, these, this is this is a real missionary. They're they'll, gonna they'll stay. They're they're gonna be all right. How they're do gonna, you
2: come to Spain good. and not love the food? I what mean, you you know, me to, to me. You go to Malaga. Yeah. You go to You go to a hotel
0: in Malaga. That's how it happens. <laughs> no. Hey, yeah. no, actually, yeah. So I do have a theory. We'll get into. We should make a podcast on this, Garrick, because I yeah. I do have. It is one of the ways of, you know, in training for for our staff in Sweden that we've talked about for years of getting people to enjoy food and breaking of bread, and I mean it's just one of the principles of of good. Uh, evangelism so we, we actually should just do a whole podcast on food. food and how I think you're right break down doors uh, I think Josh or right. Josh are you in for that podcast buddy I'm, I'll be in for any of that, that <laughs> all sounds, right sounds sounds awesome. sounds do we get to eat it while we're talking about right. it <laughs> I'll mail you some barbecue how's that yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well uh guys I enjoyed the podcast no and loss. uh we'll uh we'll catch you on the flip side I guess